what up what up folks what's going on welcome to episode 88 of the sponsor day podcast when this baby hits 88 miles per hour you're gonna see some serious shit you see what i did there i'm your host tony ortiz and in this episode i speak about a couple new netflix shows that i'm watching the confession tapes and mindhunter well, Mindhunter, I finished already. The Confession Tapes, I have not. Uh, I also speak about watching Denzel Washington's latest movie, Roman J. Israel, Esquire. And lastly, I tell you about watching uh, Kevin James and the Jerry Seinfeld live. So stick around and listen. If the take on these subjects from a perfect stranger has any relevance to you whatsoever. All right, so first up, The Confession Tapes on Netflix. Now, this is a series that I would imagine came to be from the whole murder porn, quote-unquote, as a South Park put it, um, genre, which is like these real-life reenactments of like murders and, and serial killers and like shit like that. There's a channel called, um, a cable channel called ID Discovery that plays, uh, like, exclusively, like, all all these uh, types of shows. And a lot of them are corny, but my my wife is, like, really into them. And I got roped into watching some, and there's a couple that I actually like. Like, for example, uh, Lieutenant Kenda's show is good. Um... Another one that she used to watch, uh, still watches, I think, called Snapped, um, was pretty good. I think that's, like, one of the first ones that, like, hooked me in. It had, uh, you know, it had pros and cons. And, for example, from, like, Snapped, something that I did, it like, I, I like the fact that it's narrated. Like, I love stuff that's narrated as a, I've told you guys in the past, whether it's movies or, you know, like, Shawshank Redemption style type of thing or or uh, books that have omniscient narration throughout it. And this show is like that, uh, Snapped. Then, but I don't like, what I don't like from these shows that a lot of them do are the reenactments, because it's usually like really B, C, D level actors. So it has like bad acting. The reenactment is, is, I don't know, it's just like shitty um, and comes off as very fake. And... I don't like don't like that aspect of these types of shows. And I do like when you have like the take or interviews or or perspectives of firsthand perspectives of people that were actually there at the scene of the crime. Like um, sometimes they have expert witnesses that testified at trials or sometimes they have recordings of the actual people that committed crimes Um and sometimes police officers, like in the case of uh, the Lieutenant Kendall show, like he narrates the whole thing, tells tells you about his previous, um, the the case. Like each episode is a case that he was the homicide detective of. And uh, during his, his tenure as a, as, a, as a cop in Colorado Springs. And they do do reenactments. Um, a little, a little better quality, I would say, than, than other shows that I've seen and, uh, with more, uh, uh, decent actors, 
but uh, still the reenactment part is is corny and in my opinion but he like narrates and speaks through like all of his cases which you know he was the detective on, on those cases so that personal first-hand uh, experience type of thing gives a, a level of authenticity to these types of shows i think and i say all that to say that the confession tapes i believe um does a good job of marrying like the pros that i like from from each of those uh, types of shows which is they don't have reenactments but they do play a lot of original footage whether it be footage taken by arson investigators or um, police officers themselves or the like the news footage uh, of, of the coverage of like a murder scene or or an accident and it shows you a lot of original photography kind of like you remember like the OJ that like five part series OJ documentary where they show you like all the gruesome like real photos and like stuff like that it's pretty much like that in that sense so i like that sense of of authenticity and also everyone that's on the show are the people that were involved like in first-hand experiences like this they show the interrogations of the police officers which is pretty much what's what's like the main storyline of of these shows even though they're all uh you know based on not based on they're all like real events but you know it's called the confession tapes it has a, a common through line right the you know there's still some form of narration or not narration uh narrative that you know arches through the entire uh series and packages it up and you know to give it to us the viewers and what this one is is the it revolves around uh interrogations and uh false confessions it reminds me of like the actual innocence podcast or that other netflix show uh to make a murderer where it like does a deep dive of tactics used by police officers and um to coerce potential criminals to make false confessions and time and time again you see in these in these um in these uh episodes of the confession tapes that you know each each episode revolves around one one case and you know they break down how the confessions or the interrogations rather take like 6 to 8 to 10 hours in some cases straight like with no interruption and they they have expert testimonies from like psychologists and stuff like that on the show on the program stating how you know no matter who you are what you did if you didn't do it especially if you didn't do it after like eight hours you would you it like breaks you down and makes people um admit to anything and everything especially if you have an expert uh police officer and you're in this awkward and intimidating situation where you're being uh different um psychological tactics are being used on you like good cop bad cop and and plant you know they plant seeds in in your mind 
while you're while you're being interrogated and say that you know in this one case where a guy like drove off the road into you know through like a barricade and into a lake and he wound up getting being able to get out of the car him and his wife but his four children were also in the car all drowned um he was interrogated for i think it was six or seven hours straight and like one of the cops kept saying things like you know my kids cry in the car and they play around a lot like sometimes i hit the gas and and um like to scare them or try to shut them up or i put the radio up really loud and you know sometimes i, I just wanted to like strangle those kids and like they say stuff like that and then later on they circle back and say ask the guy did you do you think that there's a chance that maybe you like press the gas like really hard and then the pedal got stuck etc cetera, etc cetera, like stuff like that and then they're like maybe yeah maybe it's a chance yeah i think i did do that now you know now that you mention it and you know after like six hours of like those type of fucking mind games and shit like that um according to these experts they say that you know people would and have confessed and have given false confessions now what i like about this show is that it's not every case is not as straightforward as uh you know the cops fucked them this is definitely a false confession but like some of them some of them do come off that way and but a lot of them what i like about it is that like halfway through the show you're like this motherfucker is a a a fucking monster you know he he definitely committed this crime and then when you hear the defense attorney um speak and then the prosecution's attorney speak and then they interview different jurors sometimes when they get a hold of them and you hear like everybody's take you're like wait no they didn't they didn't allow this in the courtroom and the jurors knew only the a b and c but they didn't know about d e and f um yeah he i don't think he did he did it he definitely didn't do it actually and it kind of leaves you torn which is pretty interesting to say the least and um scary at the same time because you see how the powers that be and by the powers that be i mean like in a situation like this the powers that be would be the police officers the the court system uh, the attorneys, the judge, uh, jurors, etc. Like the system in place. It's scary to know that a master of a system like that, or someone that's in the know and knows their way around the system like that, can ebb and flow through it. You know, can can weave the narratives that they want to weave, and sell what they want to sell within that system. They know exactly what type of confession would work what type of words can be strung together and then uh, clips that can be used by the prosecuting attorney versus an entire interrogation tape to convict someone or to sway the jury to convict someone. So, for example, the in that specific case that, that I mentioned where it was like a six to, to seven hour uh, straight interrogation, the I think the jury was only showed like a five minute clip of it where he where the guy was like saying yeah maybe i I think i did step on the gas you know like it's very disingenuous very misleading but then on the flip side for the motherfuckers that are just sociopaths that you know did do something or that you know quote unquote you would want these type of tactics 
at the disposal of trained police officers that know what they're doing, right? I mean, I don't know. It's like a fucking catch-22. But it's an interesting show. Check it out. It's called The Confession Tapes. And it is available on Netflix. Speaking of Netflix, there's another show called Mind Hunter, also on Netflix. A coworker of mine put me onto this show, and I was skeptical at first after watching like the first episode, and um, then it, it after the second episode, it definitely wrote me in, and I enjoyed the series. It was really good. There's one season out, and. This show is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, based on true events, but everything in the show is not, you know, it's not, it's a fiction, it's a, like a scripted story, but it's based on true events. And it's of the FBI agent that started a, well, really an FBI team, but spearheaded by this one agent that had, like, an idea to to look deeper into uh what was called sequence killings what they coined as sequence killings which was just multiple killings by by certain people that you know it's not just random acts of of uh murders of passion etc that in some cases it's like highly intelligent people that are very methodical etc etc and it shows how this team of really two FBI agents in the, I believe, behavioral science unit, if I'm not mistaken, began working with a top university professor, an academic of psychology, and they started interviewing all these um, killers that were doing like multiple life sentences that had, had killed more than once and trying to develop like profiles on each and look for patterns and and pretty much they are the team that are responsible for coining the phrase uh, serial killer and the show shows them like going to these different prisons and interviewing serial killers real serial killers like uh, Ed Kemper i mean in the show they're you know they're all actors including the FBI agents but the the guy Ed Kemper was uh, supposedly like a real serial killer and um, I think every serial killer that they interviewed was a real serial killer, but um, every like side crime that they that they work on with local uh, police departments were not real events. The, those were all like fictionalized or something like that. Either way, it's pretty cool to see. Uh, it's an entertaining show. I like being to being able to like peek behind the curtain and get a glimpse of how things like came to be. And even if it's fictionalized stories that have seeds of truth like sprinkled throughout. Plus it's just an entertaining watch in and of itself. If the whole shit was fake, it, it would still be an interesting show. Next up is the movie Roman J Israel Esquire. This movie was not on my radar to see i think i had seen um a preview for it but it you know didn't really do much for me 
my best friend had a hard on to go check it out so we actually went and and watched it last weekend and it was a really good movie i liked it spoiler alert like a motherfucker if you have not seen the movie roman j israel esquire please fast forward a couple minutes because i will spoil the shit out of it for you so roman j israel had a is a movie about an attorney played by denzel washington he's a character that's very smart very intelligent very very knows the ins and outs of the law better than anyone he's kind of like an idiot savant when it comes to to the law and but he's like super socially awkward he was the partner of a law firm where his partner made all the court appearances and pretty much did everything except for all like the paperwork and strategy and all the legal legal shit that Roman J. Israel was doing behind the scenes for his partner and essentially for himself since he was a partner in the law firm. And long story short, he... Uh, His partner has a heart attack or a stroke and can no longer practice law. He was like in a vegetative state. Roman J. Israel is forced to come out of his shell and uh, start, you know, practicing law, basically. And then the guy passes away and Roman J. Israel winds up getting like an offer to like a, a big shot law firm, which is run by Colin Farrell who happened to be like a law student of the partner of Roman Israel. And he, it was like his mentor and he really looked up to him and stuff. And then he realized that Roman J Israel was like the brains behind everything and uh, pretty much like offered him a gig. Anyway, he also had this Roman J Israel had this, um, activist side to him where he wanted to create positive change in the world and progressive reform he established the first like student government or legal club or whatever at his his university and and something he realized with the legal you know through the lens of of his his career is that the legal system the at least the criminal justice rung of it is broken it's set up in a way where the incentives are aligned with results that are ultimately biased to towards incarcerating uh, blacks and Latinos disproportionately, which are like driven by non, I'm sorry, by for-profit prisons, which are literally incentivized and and paid more to incarcerate more, to hold more 
more criminals. And since money is driving that, it drives the... You can logically derive that it promotes the building of more prisons. And as that industry has grown, its lobby has grown. And since its lobby has grown in strength, that means more money in the pockets of politicians, which are responsible for legislation that allows for three strike rules and for uh, exorbitant amount of bail to be necessary to be out on parole and for, you know, poor families that can afford it and et cetera, et cetera. So he sees, he realizes this issue. He knows of this issue and pretty much his life's work, which he carried around with him every single day in a, in a really, those really large, like accordion style briefcases was some sort of a clash class action lawsuit against the, the justice system to, and I might be getting some of the details wrong, but pretty much to like re revamp and, and, and set a, set a precedent to fix all those cracks in the system to realign the incentives toward justice. And he had the autistic like focus, focused brain in law as well as the drive of activism to be able to to pull it off to want to pull it off to be able to even put it together as a proposal and he was not able to do this himself because it required like uh tons of money which the character colin farrell had because he he was running this this huge law firm and Denzel or Roman J. Israel was uh, pretty much, you know, working this two man shop where he was getting paid like 500 bucks a week, literally, um, as an attorney. And that kind of showed how he was and also kind of like how, what his partner was like, because his partner just either really wasn't making money, according because according to, to his family at the end. Or not at the end, like in the middle of it. Um, it was running running a deficit that firm for for the previous two years. And they weren't making any money, so either he was like squandering it or or I don't know, but he was Denzel was only making or being paid five hundred bucks a week. Which shows you a type of like minimal minimalist, meager life he had. He like peanut butter sandwiches every day. For like lunch and dinner and had a, a cozy little apartment so when he had to pretty much accept this this like handout type job that Colin Farrell um, offered in this corporate environment it like really wasn't him it was a, like a big uh, juxta- juxtaposition um, from what he was used to and he was um, absolutely like a fish out of water he didn't know how to act didn't know how to like maneuver in, in the world outside of the bubble that he had created for himself which was interesting to, to see 
and how we change with like uh, new amounts of money coming in and dealing with colleagues, dealing with a potential love interest as well. And he wound up going so far. I think it got to a point where he realized how uncomfortable he was. Like he wasn't just going through the motions and like oblivious. He he wanted to have his he wanted to be back in his bubble in a way so much so that he was willing to and did break the law in the way that he did which i'm not going to spoil you that part for you guys to get enough money to be able to say fuck you to the colin farrell job and kind of isolate himself again but this time with enough money necessary for him to live his meager existence but you know without having to to work for somebody else again and then that decision ultimately is the one that was his downfall and fucked him in the end now i am going to spoil the end for you because there's there was a like this big smile on my face when the end happened because um i told you guys i listen to like a lot of like writing podcasts and stuff like that and one of them is that's like one of the better ones is the story grid the story grid podcast and it's like a dense not dense like i think it's entertaining but that might be i might not be completely ob- objective on that because i'm into writing and i like it so it, it might come off as like really dense for anybody that's not into writing or storytelling but uh, Sean Coyne is an editor that has over 25 years experience and he edits um, all of Stephen Pressfield's books which is um, like the man as far as writing and he is, he does the podcast with a writer that's literally writing his book and sending um, Sean you know chapters and scenes of his book um, so that Sean can give his feedback and teach him how to and and pretty much edit it for him and tell him like what to fix, what not to fix. And me as a wannabe writer, like I, you know, I obviously pick up like all the, the, the tips and tricks and like help that Sean provides since I can't afford a real editor. And it's been like an an, an invaluable podcast to me in terms of, learning like structure of stories and and like just the science behind writing a story and what i meant by like there was a smile on my face at the end was that i learned through the story grid and then like as he points out like different stories from like books books or movies like the science of the lambs or or charlotte's web or the hobbit or whatever different stories that that he speaks about to show show the the commonality of uh structure wise he pointed out that and now i like now that i know like those things like i i pick up on them in movies like the inciting incident and um and the hero at the mercy of the villain scene which is in every story and 
stuff like that. I I picked up on this in the Roman J Israel uh, movie, which was that the there's an external story and an internal story, and the external st- story and the in- internal story must end on opposite charges, and the charges um, uh, plus and minus, positive and negative. So, the external story in this in this movie was uh, Roman Israel's like bigger vision, which was to um, create or be the spark that creates this reform through the the legal system, through the judicial system that he wanted he wanted to to enact. The internal story was Roman Israel the person being able to live a happy fulfilling life and live happily ever after you can't end the story both on a positive note or both on a negative note like the external and internal story most stories I mean you can you can do whatever the fuck you want right but as a viewer as a reader um, you tend to have trouble digesting stories that that do that and if you like think about like your favorite favorite movies or stories or or um like books or short stories or whatever or shows and with that in mind and you'll notice how there's a positive and negative in like a a macro and micro story within the full like movie or or whatever it is and in this case the macro was that at the end colin farrell follows through with Roman's like wishes and enacts that reform like put you know sets everything in motion to put it in and you know from watching the movie you you're or at least me as a viewer was under the impression that you know of course it's going to work and it's going to be the the best thing since sliced bread because he was like that smart of a of a legal mind and then his love interest she continues the work on the community and working with the with with the college kids that are interested in activism and community service and and protesting causes et cetera et cetera she's continuing that work so the those those like macro wants those that external genre story ends like on a positive note. So then the internal story has to end on a negative to be on opposite charges. Or it could be the other way around, but in this case, it was positive external, negative internal. And the negative internal is that Roman gets his head blown off at the end and dies. So, yeah, that sucked for Roman, but it did put a smile on my face because I recognize this, this um, storytelling tool within the story and um made me feel like i was learning something and uh, that's pretty much it man it, it, it was definitely a dope movie you guys should check it out it's called roman j israel esquire and it's still in the movie theater and lastly i saw two live stand-up specials uh which was really cool they both were and they both were um, big names. One of them is Kevin James, which is probably more known for uh, his TV shows uh, and movies. Uh, he's the 
the guy from The King of Queens. He has another show out now, which I don't know the name of. And he's, you know, done a bunch of movies. Like, he was in The Grown Ups with Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, and all those guys. He was in um, Here Comes the Boom, which was that, like, teacher turned UFC fighter. And no, it was not the real life story of, of Rich Franklin. And what else? Anyway, you guys know fuck Kevin James is. He also does stand up. And I heard I've heard in the past on, on Rogan's podcast actually that he like they started together. Like they came up together and that Kevin James used to do like stand up a lot back then and that he was really good. Um but then he started uh, getting into acting more, so he started doing stand up less, and then he got the King of Queens, which obviously changed his life, and then a whole bunch of movies, and um, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And what else? Someone also told me that they saw a Kevin James stand up special, which I had never seen, and like I searched for it, I never found it. Um, that, and supposedly it was like really good. Like it was like an hour that he had like an old hour. And, um, but I, I was excited to see him just cause I like, I like his movies. Um, the TV show I was never that into. It's okay. My wife likes it though. And, um, she was down to go see him. She likes comedy as well. And I just thought it'd be cool to see a fucking famous dude. And um, yeah, it it was a it was a good time. It was also an added plus was that it, they were filming for his Netflix special, so I'll be able to see the special when it comes out on Netflix. Eventually, you know, once it finishes, like editing and all that stuff, and I was there for it live. And maybe I'll come out on TV. Who knows? It was definitely a good time though. He did he did um. A bunch of crowd work actually which was which was surprising i didn't like expect that from him and where he was like fucking with um like this guy that had like tattoos he was he had a bit about tattoos and he asked this guy if he had any tattoos he said yeah he had seven and he was like oh yeah like uh, na- uh, name a couple what are they and the guy was like um and then he he just started like riffing on on well you don't know what that tattoos are or this now you would think you remember a permanent thing like that blah 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 like just uh, stuff like that and just like fucking with him and then he would say stuff like the irish flag and then he was like are you irish he was like no he was like (laughs) you know so it was like just like funny shit that uh worked out that way but it was definitely it was definitely a good time he he was funny he was surprisingly and not surprisingly, because, I mean, he's doing stand-up, so I expect him to be funny, right? Well, I shouldn't say that. Because you want every stand-up to be funny, but they all aren't. At least, you know, not, you know, everybody has different tastes also and stuff like that. And um, the only thing, things I've seen him in are all, like, scripted stuff. And he comes off as a nice, enjoyable to listen to person, you know? Oh, he was in Hitch also. I, I, I love that movie, Hitch, with Will Smith. Um, But I had no reference, you know, in terms of, like, actual stand-up. 
and but I was pleasantly uh, surprised. It was it was really good. I had a good time, and um, he played at the Beacon Theater as well. And by as well, I mean uh, that Seinfeld also played at the Beacon Theater as well as Jim Gaffigan, which I told you guys about um, that I went to go see a couple months ago live as well. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a good time, and hopefully. I'll come out on Netflix, and if I do, I will absolutely let you guys know about it. And I'll probably post it as, like, my background on fucking Twitter or something. <laughs> Next up is the master, Jerry Seinfeld. All right, let me stop swinging on his nuts. So, Seinfeld is one of those, like, bucket list comics that I wanted to see. And I got the tickets for my wife for her birthday, which was in September. And the show just happened uh, like last week. So it was a delayed birthday gift, but definitely worth the wait. He, like I was saying, he's a bucket list comic. He's uh, someone that I definitely wanted to see. And I have a couple more of those like uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Sebastian, um, Chris Rock. And who else would I like to see live? Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias would be cool to see live. Um, I think that's it. I've seen a bunch of other ones that, that I wanted to see. This is the only ones that I could think of right now off the top of my head that I want to see live. That are like, you know, like bucket list live. And anyway, Jerry was definitely one of them. And... I love Seinfeld, the show. I've seen um, Jerry's uh, stand-ups in the past. His recent Netflix. Um, I don't want to call it like an hour because it's not. It's not. It's not like straight stand-up. It's it's uh, the Jerry before Seinfeld thing piece that he has there on Netflix, which is dope. I, I had uh, one of these previous random rant podcasts where I spoke in depth about it if you guys haven't haven't listened go back and check that out but um i think jerry's the man i, l- I love his uh, comedian in cars show and i wanted to see him live but it was more so like a like a fanboy type of type of thing because jerry's like a really you know he's known for being like the quintessential clean comic and observational topical type of humor which sometimes hits and lands for me um but a lot of times it doesn't so i wanted to see him more because it was you know jerry seinfeld and um it's fucking true with comedy no matter who you are like that fame and that that notoriety gets you maybe like five minutes after that, maybe even 10. After that, like, you better be making motherfuckers laugh. If not, like, you're a piece of shit. And I am glad to say that Jerry did not disappoint. He was much funnier than I thought he would be. Much more entertaining. He had complete control. He was, like, you could tell you see, you're watching a master at work when you see him on stage. Because he's just complete control of the crowd and just like uber confident 
sharp as attack with all of his bits and his delivery and his pacing and his technique. He was just really dope up there. And uh, my wife and I uh, definitely had a, a really good time at the show watching Jerry Seinfeld. And folks, as the music kicks in in the background and you guys are listening to some tunes, uh, feel free to continue listening to some of it and stay tuned for the ending credits of episode 88 of the Spun Today podcast. That's all I got for you guys on this episode. Check you out in a couple weeks. Peace. short email from me once a week you know that feeling you have on a monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch have no fear the midday monday boost letter is here in this short weekly newsletter you will receive five things one is a photograph of the week from a photographer a podcast of the week i listen to tons of podcasts dozens and dozens of podcasts hundreds of episodes and I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind and a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntray.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntray.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating what inspires you, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. And what I do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast. Now you can choose to remain anonymous. If you choose to, you have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire. And if you do not choose to remain anonymous, I'd give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free, whatever it is that you have going on. So I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Sponsor Day podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. 
one way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page and there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style Store. Now, the Viral Style Store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no... I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff, <laughs> but I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a playoff of Snoop, Dre and Nate Dogg's smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day with like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis. If you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool. And it's there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works. But I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service for your account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have Patreon pages. And you can choose to, for example, donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis. So the Sponsor podcast has two uh, episodes a month. So if you donate a dollar to it, it'll be two dollars a month, basically. And you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis. There are zero fees. You can cancel at any time. No hassle, no bullshit. And it's uh, it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated. And also, it's not just like a, for example, uh, a PayPal donation, which is just that. But through Patreon, it allows the creator, in this case being myself, to set up a reward system, if you will. So... If you donate a dollar per episode, you are considered a tier one supporter. If you donate three dollars per episode, you are a second tier supporter, etc., etc. And it goes up to four tiers. And each tier gets different things. Like uh, tier one gets a free spun today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast. Tier three gets uh, gets those two things from tier one as well as... A free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else etc etc so check that out if you will and uh, visit my patreon page at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com 
forward slash spun today. Another great, amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it. This costs you absolutely nothing. Whether you listen on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps. Please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, yo, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, (laughs) it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at spun today. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash spun today. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. All podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well as clipped versions. For example, with the random rant episodes, you know, I speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone, which is also available on YouTube. But you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks. So check that out. You can also support by checking out my book, Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way. It's a quick, short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation. And you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold. Kindle, iBooks. Kobo, an ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.